Kolokavod to all of you for reaching this far. We are in Psachim Paragud Mishnah Test 10.9, the last Mishnah of the Masechta. And we have a couple interesting halachas about the Korban Pesach itself. It says, HaPesach Acher Chatzos, the actual Korban Pesach, after midnight, Metame Esa Yadaim. It will cause one's hands to be tame. Why? Because HaPigl Van Nosar, when it comes to things called Pigl and Nosar, as I'll explain in a moment, Metamen Esa Yadaim. Those things make your hands tame. Okay, so first of all, just let's understand the meaning of these words. When we say tame, to make your hands tame, so understand that when it comes to a person becoming tummy under normal circumstances, meaning midoraisa, that only can happen if you have a source of tumma, an afa tumma, and if it conveys its tumma one way or the other to a person, then the whole person, as opposed to just his hands, would become tummy as a rishon tumma, at least, and could be even more under certain circumstances. Now, the fact that we're saying the hands are tummy already tells you we're talking a tumma durabanan, and certainly a nosar or a, a pigle korban is certainly not an avatuma. So we're talking about a tuma midurabanan here. The rationale for these tumas, I'll explain in a moment. But so we're saying that these two things, pigle and nosar, convey tuma, and we're saying that the korban pesach is nosar, not explicitly, but that is the pshat here, the korban pesach at midnight chatzos becomes nosar. So what's nosar? Nosar we know already is leftover meat from a offering, um, past the deadline where you can only eat anymore, it becomes nosar leftovers. The consequences for eating nosar is karis, divine excision, um, and it happens only once that carbon reaches its deadline. Our Mishnah here is going like Rebbe Lezab Nazariah, who holds that the deadline for eating a Pesach is midnight, chatzos, midda What's his basis for that? Because he has a gazerah shava. The Pasuk says, V'achlu es ha-basar That's the Pasuk in Shmos, Perkid base Pasuk Ches. It says, And you will eat the meat, Balayla hazeh. And that phrase, Balayla hazeh, appears again a few Pesukim later, when the Torah says, V'avarti ve'eretz Mitzrayim, and I'll pass through the land of Egypt, Balayla hazeh. The same phrase on this night, V'kesi chol b'chor ve'eretz Mitzrayim. And I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt. And when did that maka of the Bukharos, the striking down of the firstborn, occur? It says later on, another Pasuk, Pasuk Chavtes, where it says, Vahi b'chatsi halayla. It'll be at Chatos, the middle of the night. Vashem hika chol b'chor be'eretz Mitzrayim. That Hashem strikes down all of the firstborns in Egypt. So you see that Makas Bukharos happened Balayla Hazeh at Chatzos, and the time for even the Korban Pesach is Balayla Hazeh, understood to mean until Chatzos. That's Rablaz ben Shita, and this mission is going like Rablaz ben Don't forget, Rabbi Kiva disagrees. Rabbi Kiva understands that the time for eating the Korban Pesach Midoraisa is the whole night, until Losa Shachar, first light of the morning, and he only has um, the requirement to eat by chatzos to be a dindera banan, and therefore he wouldn't agree with this mission that it's no sar. The reason why Rabbi Kiva says it is because the Pasuk elsewhere says, well, really in the same parak, but it says, v'chaltem oso b'chipazon. You'll eat it um, in a state of, in a, you know, a rush. I'll translate it as a rush. And he understands when was sha'as chipazon, when was the time for the rush. 
That was when the Jews were getting ready to leave, which was the next morning, because it says, Vatem lotetu ish me pesach beso ad boker. Pesach says, people shouldn't leave their houses until the morning. So until the morning comes, there's no chipazon, no rush to leave Mitzrayim. So therefore, Bikizan understands that you have the whole night, midaraisa. Rulaz Mazari rejects that limit because he says the chipazon that we're talking about, in the Pesach, talking about v'achaltem oso b'chipazon, the chipazon time is when the Egyptians were rushed to get the Jews out, which happened at midnight, in the wake of the Mako Bechoros. Okay, fine. So, that being the case, our Tana is going like Rabbi Lezim Nazaria. There are other Mishnahists that the Stam Mishnah goes like Rabbi Akiva. It's a Machlokas Roshonim, who the Halach is like. Um, Tosfos and other Roshonim learn like the Halach is like Rabbi Lezim Nazaria, and Chatzos is a Doraisa. The Rambam and other Roshonim learn that it's just a Durabanan. Whatever the case, we're saying that According to this Tana, like Rosa Nazaria, Chatzos is a deadline, at which point the Korban Pesach becomes Nosar, and therefore it has a din abundant of being Tami to convey Tuma to one's hands. That means that the Nosar Pesach, like any other Nosar, is a Risha on the Tuma, and the hands become Shni on the Tuma, a second degree Tuma um, status until they get washed. The same goes with Pigle. Pigle is something unrelated. Altogether, but it's got the same din. Mm-hmm. One who eats pickle is chayv karas, and pickle conveys tumas arishon. Um, what is pickle? Pickle is when one does any of the four essential blood avodas, the service of the blood, meaning the shechita, the slaughtering of the sacrifice, the kabbalah, the receiving of the blood, the holacha, the bringing the blood to the mizbech, and the zrika, the application of the blood. If at any of those four steps a person has even a thought, even if it's just a passing thought, one he doesn't act on, but just a passing thought, that he will um, do some essential part of this offering outside of the proper time. Specifically, three things. Either he thinks he'll apply the blood outside of the proper time, or he thinks that he'll eat the meat outside the proper time, or he thinks he'll um, burn the meat as appropriate on the mezbeach outside the proper time, whatever the proper times are for those things. So at that point, if he has that thought, he is mifagel, he renders the he renders the offering pigle. Pigle means like disgusting, literally. Nosar means leftover. So pigle, like nosar, carries with the penalty of karas. If you eat it and if you touch it, it makes your hands tummy because it's like a reach in the tumma, your hands become shniyam. Why did the rabbis make this, these dinam derabban, and making nosar and pigle convey tumma? Because um, they were concerned about kohanim not doing a good job. And when it comes to the the issue of the nosar, the concern was that perhaps Kohanim would be lazy, they wouldn't work fast enough to eat the Kurbanos, not the Korban Pesach, that's not even by the Kohanim per se, but any other Kurbanos, so therefore we want to rush them along and let them know that if they don't hurry up, then what they have left in their hands will make it so they can't eat other foods, so they go rewash their hands, which will be a pain in the neck for them, and to avoid the pain in the neck of having to rush their hands, so they will um, be more careful about touching and no sarn letting it be left over in the first place. As for the pigle, that's for um Hashidi Kahuna, it's for um suspecting Kohanim who do the wrong thing, um either on accident or even maliciously to mess people's korbanos up. And so again, there's some sort of economic disincentive, if you will, for them to not think those thoughts and mess things up. We say, listen, if they do, they'll have to go wash their hands, which at least is some on some level a pain in the neck for them, which will prompt them to be more careful. Okay, so that's the first part. Now, the second part. The Gnudin. 
when one eats the Korban Pesach, he says a bracha. It's the bracha B, as you might expect. Baruchat Hashem Alakinam Lacholam, Asher Kedishon Abmitzvosa Vatsivanu. And then there's actually a bit of a machlokus for showing them what the girsa would be. Either according to the, it's either Le'echol HaPesach to eat the Pesach or Alachilas HaPesach on the eating of the Pesach. Whichever one it is, so fine. The point is there's a special bracha to be said on eating the Pesach. Similarly, when one eats any korban, there's a bracha to be said. That bracha would be Asher Kedishon Abmitzvosa Vatsivanu. Le'echol hazevach. Again, that's the Bartonurus Pshat. Like Le'echol Pesach. Others would be Alachilas hazevach on the eating of the offering. That's the Ramam's halacha, whatever. Okay, so again, the idea being there's a separate bracha, Alachilas hazevach, and Alachilas Pesach, two brachas. The question is, what happens if you mix them up? Can one cover the other? So, we have Machlokas in that point too. The Mishnah says, Beirach birkas hapesach. If one made the bracha alachilas a pesach or lechol a pesach, but he was eating, he said that on the korban pesach. Let's say, either accidentally or prior to eating from the chagiga that's coming at the member at the same time, under a variety of scenarios, you would have your chagiga that you brought on the fourteenth of Nisan, the chagiga, the yudala, the fourteenth of Nisan chagiga that you would bring and eat first as the main course. So you'd have. Achilles Alasova eating on her on a full stomach and get to the Pesach. So if you made the bracha of Lechalesa Pesach, that would Poter would exempt you from making the new bracha al Hazevach. Um however Berach es Shelzevach, if you make the bracha Lechalesa Zevach, Lopater es Shel Pesach, that wouldn't exempt you from making another bracha on the Korban Pesach, Divrevish Mal. Okay. Um so Rabbi Shmuel, in other words, is saying, in short, that if you make a bracha on the Pesach, it, it, now you're covered for your zevach. If you make a bracha chagiga, if you make a bracha alachilas zevach or lechilas zevach on the chagiga, you're not covered. You have to make another bracha for the Pesach. Okay, why would that be? So the two gemaras get different explanations. Um, my preferred explanation, which is I think much more straightforward, is that since you're, so to speak, only bringing a chagiga to, as like a forerunner, so you will have be able to eat your Pesach a la sova. On some level, it's tough, it's tafel, it's secondary and subordinate to the ikar, the primary korm Pesach. Kind of like when you're eating your Cheerios of milk, you make a brach on the Cheerios, you don't make a brach on the milk because the milk is just coming to make the Cheerios edible, something like that. So that's a general rule in general. We say when you make a brachas, you make a brach on the ikar and you're the essential part and that the tafel, the secondary, is covered automatically. Something like that. So here the idea is if you made a bracha on the Pesach, that's the Iker, that would exempt the subordinate, the the uh, Chagiga that's coming with it. Whereas if you made a bracha on the subordinate, the tafel, the Chagiga, that wouldn't cover the Pesach. That's how the Yushalmi explains it. My preferred explanation. The Bavli understands that the brachas are somehow intertwined with the way in which the blood is applied to the Mizbeach. So, just a bit of background on that point. There are eight categories of korbanos, of zvachim. Now, they have different procedures for how the zrika, the application of the blood, is to occur. The chatas, you dip your finger in the blood and you apply it to like the four karanos on top of the Mizbeach. Most korbanos, I'm including the Chagiga, 
which is a shlamim, but the same would be true for an asham and for an ola, etc., is you do zrika. You send it a distance, you splash the blood. For all the examples I gave, you would splash from the two corners, the northeast corner and southwest corner, achieving shlam shem arba, getting on all four walls above the yesod, and you do it from a distance. When it comes to the korban pesach, like meiser behema, um, the way that the blood is applied is not splashing and throwing, it's by a single um, pouring from up close. Like you pour it kind of gently along the edge above the yesod there. So, the way that Rabbi Yishmuel is learning is that the brachas are intertwined with the blood application, and he understands that if you're allowed to, like th- applying it up close with pouring is somehow like better if you will, then throwing it at a distance. So if you can throw it at a distance, you wouldn't be Yotzi. I'm sorry, that means if you have to pour it close up, you wouldn't be Yotzi if you threw it at a distance. Whereas if you have to throw it at a distance, you would be Yotzi if you poured it from close up. That being the case, the Pesach, which is done close up, kind of covers the the Chagiga, whereas the Chagiga, which is done only at a distance, wouldn't cover the Pesach. That's the, the Yushan, at least the Bible explains it. Okay, so in a little bit on exactly why the brachas are intertwined with the mode of blood application. Be that as it may, that's Rabbi Yishmael's shita. Um, there is a side question, how it would be that one would say a bracha on the Pesach before getting to the Chagiga? So one answer could be just made a mistake. Um, alternatively, it seems that perhaps, that, like the Ram understands, perhaps that there was two separate consumptions of the Korm Pesach, one at the beginning and then one at the end, kind of the same way we talked about, um, like the the Rashi and Rashi learned when the previous mission about uh, or about um, the matzah that the ikr consumption of the matzah with the afikoman at the end, that's your ikr mitzvah. So kind of the same thing would be over here. You eat a small bit of Pesach ceremoniously at the beginning, ceremonially, and then at the end, you eat the Pesach more. So that's how you could have two stages and have a Pesach preceding the Chagiga. Okay. All that aside, Rabbi Kiva Omer, lo zu, foteres zu, velo zu, foteres zu. He says, no, each bracha goes to its own thing. If you make a bracha on the Pesach, it doesn't cover your Chagiga. If you make a bracha on the Chagiga, it doesn't cover the Pesach. Each one has their own. And the halacha is like Rabbi Akiva, so each one needs their own bracha and gets their own bracha, and one wouldn't cover the other one. And that's the that's the din. And with that, Baruch Hashem, Tishmaya, we finish Meseches Pesachim. Mazel to everybody. And up next is Meseches Shikalim.